Hey there, this is Neil. Thanks for tuning in. The first 20 minutes of this podcast are going to be a little shitty sounding, but afterwards the audio problem is fixed and it'll be normal from there. Thank you. You're listening to Fancy Ramen, a podcast about video games and whatever else we decide to throw into the mix. I'm Neil. I'm Cookie. And I'm Scott. And today, uh, we're going to start off by going over some emails we've received and a comment that I've been forgetting about uh, on our YouTube channel. Because what else are we going to do with those things? For, besides forget about them? Yeah. Or acknowledge them? Acknowledge them, yeah. Sweet. Read them out loud. Are you guys ready for some Shin Megami Tensei? Is this first one about Shin Megami Tensei? No. It has nothing to do with that. <laughs> All right. Who wants to read this one from Noah? I want to read you, it. Would you care to do the honors? Uh, I want to read it. I'll read it. Okay. <clears throat> I have a question for the ramen cast. Out of the three of you fine gentlemen, which one of you cook better? My next waifu has to be able to make a killer potato soup, chicken fried steak, and ginger snaps. Wait, so are we vying to be Noah's waifu? I think we're vying to be Noah's waifu. That's mm. extra problematic if it's Neil. Yeah, since this <laughs> is my brother. <laughs> <laughs> I would toss the vote in for Cookie, though. I, was about I, know to you, I know you have those cooking skills, and you're the only person out of the three of us who's someone who's actually decided to make their waifu. So. I think those are two pretty to, big pluses on your end. To make their waifu? Oh, you mean who has a wife? <laughs> no, <Okay>. no. <laughs> I don't think you're getting it, Neil. He's no, Lizzie's I, waifu. Oh, okay. Yeah, I am Lizzie's I waifu. Um, I don't know. That one potato dish, wait, that wasn't a potato dish. That was a dumpling dish you made us, Scott. Oh, you mean the pasties? Yeah, I don't yeah. know if I'd call it a dumpling either. It was. It was it, did you call it a pasty just now? Yes, it's called a pasty. It was definitely a dumpling dish. Is it a pasty or is the dish called a pasty like with an A at the start of it? To me like an opossum? It's a space pasty would be a single one of those items that I made for you. Which could be referred to as pasties. Yes, in okay. the plural form. Because <laughs> that's the only time you can eat them in the pasties. <laughs> you can sound really like feminine if you just have c's at the end of any word you use dixies <laughs> cupsies it doesn't work on some things like coffee c's coffee c's coffee c's cafefe wouldn't you say coffee's like you'd truncate it just a little bit well coffee's would be like oh i've got a case of the coffee's Okay, um, this is a and, really and you stupid... you gotta it a little bit. We're going for waifus here, Scott Coon. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, we're going off track. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think Cookie's probably the best cook out of all of us. Yeah, I would agree. My chicken fried steak is wonderful, and I do have that whole thing where I was baking cookies for a living for about a year and a half of my life, so... Oh, that's right. You oh, that is right. Yeah, Cookie, hands down, oh. wins it. But <laughs> I will say... Fun. I'll hang out with Noah and new waifu cookie because I love ginger snaps. Who would have uh, guessed that Eileen's was actually a young black male? <laughs> that Eileen was, excuse me. Who would have thought that Eileen was a young black mailer? Mailer? Like you send letters out? Yeah. Send letters out of incriminating photos of people. And so you black better buy my cookies. <laughs> He's a black mailer. <laughs> I'm glad you finally got it. <laughs> yeah, I'm usually the pun one, and now I'm dropping the ball. Uh, the rest of the email goes... DDLC, <gasps> Doki Doki Literature Club, was a bit of a mine. Beep! <laughs> first twist. But the rest was kind of expected once the game slash Monica started to change the files. There is a good ending that you can get if you save before you make the first poem, go through the girl's story arc up to the point of talking with Sayori before she decides to hang out. God damn, that's 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 rough. There's no quotes <laughs> there, but the air quotes should be uh, yeah. should be there. Should be. <laughs> oh, I was that didn't register until just now. <laughs> Neither, not for me either. Wow. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, I see where you get it, Neil. The uh, horrible puns. <laughs> uh, reload and do do another girls. Do all three and continue on. At the end, Sayori will know that you did your best to get along with everyone, and she doesn't go nuts. And the credit nuts and the credits roll. During the credit roll, none of the pictures will be deleted, and you will get a special note from the dev. Also fun is that each girl's file is hiding something more. Sayori becomes an OGG file that, when you view its spectrograph, you get a QR code. What's in the QR code? I'm kind of curious. Did anyone scan the QR code? I think it may explain a little further in this email. Sure. Mm. Um, Monica is a PNG with a binary image in the middle that gives you a poem. Yuri is a creepypasta that the dev wrote. Creepypasta? That's how it's supposed to be? Creepypasta? Yeah, creepypasta creepypasta is... um, It's a type of writing style that you can find actually on r slash creepypasta. And it's... The, it also comes from a play on words on like copy paste. Um, people make and then modify these stories to be super creepy um, for others to read and enjoy. Okay. It's interesting. I was wondering what a creepypasta was the first time I read this. Uh, that the dev wrote that has to be decoded using base 64. Last is Natsuki, where, where that is a jpeg excuse me jpg that needs to be edited in photoshop use polar coordinates rect rectangular to polar then invert the color which shows a female they could be teasing to another game as some of the stuff has nothing to do with ddlc oh my god is this still going okay in regards to ea (laughs) i remember when they had great games like Mutant League Football slash Hockey and Road Rash. How the Mighty Have Fallen. I think that the only way to that they could fix their image is to to view this portion of the email. Please send the soul of your pet to me and allow two to three weeks to process. I did laugh out loud when I was reading that email. When I got to the that joke. Microtransactions, baby. <clears throat> what? what? Yeah. So Did you I, just have to like bribe your brother to give us the rest of the email, or yeah, I, unfortunately, I, I can't give up Ali's soul. Sorry. I think it's lost in the ether at this point. Uh, the see, I I didn't get the uh, the spectrograph because when I started to dick around with the files, it was after her file had been deleted, so I didn't know that at all. But um, so what's in the QR code? I did that. I don't know. I'm assuming it might be uh, like I, I've seen a bunch of stuff after I beat the game. I went in and tried to see if I had missed any Easter eggs or other things that were built in or uh, like hidden in the files, like uh, this mentions. Um, and there's a lot of weird references to characters that don't seem to pertain at all to DDLC. By the way, that that like acronym took me a while to understand at first. At first, I was like, wait, is this part of the DLC content that the makers are selling on their website? I guess it does have the letters DLC. Yeah, <laughs> which, by the way, the the DLC or what like there is a premium version of this game you can buy, but it doesn't add any content. It's just like some additional CG and uh, some more music or like the soundtrack and so forth. So completely unnecessary. You finally get that obligatory um, beach slash pool episode. Yeah. I mean, where is it in this (laughs) one? Huh? But I remember seeing like an, a text file that was basically just a weird, I think psychiatric evaluation of a character that is not in the game. That seems to imply that like there's some sort of experiment going on. Like the closest redacted thing, name Libertina. Yeah, exactly. The closest thing I could think of is that maybe that's actually what Mo, like Monica is, but I think that was kind of a bit of a stretch. And the image that you can get from Natsuki's uh, from Natsuki's file is definitely a character that is in a completely different art style and doesn't look like anything of the other girls. Like she's blonde and some other things. So I'm assuming those are probably related, and there's probably either a more in-depth AR 
thing going on or alternate reality game. Um, Excuse me. But I'm I'm not really sure at this point. The image. So if you just opened up any of those files with uh with like a board or a text um editing yeah yeah thing you can see you can occasionally see certain tags or bits of text that would tell you what the file was and so i did that with uh, monica's and it's a png and when you open it up using even paint it's like a weird broken or shattering glass effect with that uh excuse me with that um what was it that binary thing in the center and i got that far but never really went any further than that because i wasn't sure what the hell that was because it's just basically a square that looks completely out of out of place in the image with like black and white in it as you zoom in. But and we have a little bit more to talk about with DDLC because we have uh, another email from Catherine and it states so Neil doesn't play visual novels but seems to have naturally completed the necessary requirements for getting the good ending of Doki Doki Literature Club which is uh, simply making sure you exhaust all three routes before finishing the first playthrough of DDLC. This doesn't add up. The sketchy. <laughs> Neil, sketchy. <laughs> the game, oh, man, another the, person has busted the, fo- like the facade that Neil's tried to create for himself. The persona of cool guy Neil. The good endings requirements is fairly standard for uh, standard par for someone after realizing you have to reinst- or uninstall and reinstall to start fresh but only someone who has had experience playing dating sims or visual novels. I don't necessarily agree with the thought that that DDLC is meant to be a critical take on these types of games for that reason. Sayori is appreciative when the player gets to know every character, and that act requires the player to embrace the traditional playstyle of visual novels, fighting all events slash CG. The developer letter at the end also sounds more like someone expressing fondness for a genre than a critique. Uh, in parentheses, Scott's claim to never playing one before makes sense as he and his partner never attempted to load the game to circumvent any bad ending branches. Uh, well, same Scott top- makes sense because he was too dumb to continue with the game. <laughs> oh yeah, so to quickly defend myself, there are more... Like I, I admitted to playing visual novels, or I'll admit to it, I just don't play a whole lot of dating sim visual novels. He'll admit to playing visual novels. Yeah, and a whole lot is a very vague threshold, so it could be <laughs> under 100. I, it's not like I've played a whole lot. Like, I've talked about some of them. <laughs> Danganronpa is a vi- like a visual novel, just with a lot of weird game mechanics built into it. Um, like, I've played some, I've played some, like, quote-unquote dating ones before, but like... Quote-unquote. Quote-unquote. <laughs> not, not to the degree of, like, uh, Arrow manga sensei, okay? Not like, <laughs> not that level. Wait, uh, were those reviews for all of those uh, erotic games actually your reviews that you just wanted to read because you thought they were Podium, funny? Senseku, whatever that game is called. Uh, all, all of them that were on like the last Humble Bundle. Yeah. Or like, yeah. thanks, Dad. Oh, is, <laughs> it, is it Sakura something or? Yeah, yeah, I think it was both. Okay. No, it was literally, yeah, it was both of them. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking great bundle. Really great bundle. Uh, the email continues. Same topic, colon. Lots of uh, games have been embracing that sort of reality blurring the line. If you guys like DDLC, there's a game called I'm Scared, and that's with no spaces, and it's all capitalized. Uh, do you have a favorite instance or time when a game breaks the fourth wall? Neil's looking at me expectantly to... Didn't you read the email beforehand to think about this? Didn't you prepare an answer? <laughs> I, I've already got one. Uh, I, I've got maybe two. I almost forgot mine, and I panicked for a second, and then berating Cookie has wrote, like refreshed <laughs> my memory. So I'll give you a quick break, and I'll hop in and do mine real quick. Um, Hideo Kojima games in general always like to break the fourth wall every once in a while. But the first time that I was ever just blown away was the Psycho Manus fight. And I think that's a very common experience for most people. That's you really have to like take right? yourself out of the immersion of the game and the game world to effectively combat a boss in the game. And that just blew my mind as a kid. And maybe that's the other thing, too, is I was exceptionally... Or I was like critically impacted by that as well, because as a kid, I had never experienced anything that had been fourth wall breaking before. And so 
I was just absolutely stunned when I finally tried the controller port switch and could not like comprehend how a game could know so much about me while just being like a physical object, right? And so it it still ranks up as a moment that I don't think could ever be recreated in my life as like a gamer or a consumer of media. And so I think it's one of the coolest fourth wall breaking things that I've ever seen done. Even before the start, uh, the fight begins, uh, if you have certain Konami games on your memory card, Psychomancy yeah, will be like, them off. I see you like to play Suikoden. Yeah. You, you sure seem to save a lot or very little, depending on what your play style is. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so it's so crazy. Oh, I love it. So mine comes from uh, it, it's maybe like not so serious, uh, but it comes from the same series in the second game. What what is the second one? Sons of Liberty. Um, Sons of Liberty is the fourth wall. Yeah, that's Metal Gear Solid Two. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, in particular, maybe it's not as like fourth wall breaking, but it's the scene where uh, Raiden and Snake end up meeting up to have like the all-out battle where you stay on one platform is it the bandana fight or yeah, the bandana yeah. Scene? snake gives yeah. like a bunch of ammo to ride and he's like what about you and snake points up to his headband and he's like infinite ammo <laughs> <laughs> which is uh w- like that's the item you get for getting the good ending in, in MGS. mgs yeah so great uh, it's not even that Kojima good, always that has kind of very cool. fun fourth wall breaking things. Like in, in Death Stranding, his fourth wall breaking thing is he's literally transplanted Norman Reedus into a video game. And now he can't escape until you beat it. And now Guillermo del Toro. Wait, is that really the thing for Death Stranding? No, man, I don't know. Nobody knows anything <laughs> about Death Stranding, though. So it's like... I can make any claim I want and it's equally as valid as any other fan theory. Cause I've seen all the trailers now and I've looked around for explanations and nobody's got anything. There's a baby in his esophagus now. <laughs> Give it a nice thumbs up. <laughs> well, while we're talking about uh, Kojima, we have one comment from Daniel on episode wait, wait, wait. 40. Hey, oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Gosh, everyone's just ignoring me today. I'm going to go home. Okay, oh, wait, I made it. <laughs> made it home, guys. Okay. So I don't have one. <laughs> I don't um play a lot of games that break the fourth wall, I guess. I did play Sons of Liberty, and I guess I did experience the infinite ammo thing. But that really didn't pop out to me. But I guess I read a lot of Deadpool and he's very aware. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very much so. so I get more fourth breaking thing fourth wall breaking things from my comic books. Actually my- the Deadpool movie was really excellent with all of the fourth wall breaking jokes that were made See, i especially I enjoyed his joke about the budget not being able to afford more, more, uh, more iconic x-men he's like he's like every time i come to the manor it's just you two it's kind of like the movie can't like the budget can't afford more than one <laughs> more than these two x-men so at any point in the movie are other characters like wait what are you talking about when he breaks the fourth wall like that he's like oh nothing don't worry about it yeah, I think that's the basic idea is that the other characters can't access that um, thing. So, like, like he, level of awareness. So, like, when he pulls out a picture of Ryan Reynolds and puts it over his face, like, as, like, dressed as Deadpool, he's like, he's like, he's pretty handsome, but he's more handsome. And he pulls out a picture of um, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a really funny movie. Like, That'll go down as probably my favorite quote superhero movie, unquote. That's how you use quote unquote properly, by the way. Um, it's just, it's more of a comedy than anything else. Well, while we still have uh, Kojima on the mind, we have a comment from Daniel on it that was on, I think, episode 42 or 43 uh, of this podcast. And it goes as, I haven't heard any rumors of Hideo still being with Hideo, I guess, still being with Konami, uh, but I've honestly I've honestly considered that on my own, considering how much he likes to fool his fans and surprise them. And Who is Hideo, and why is he not with Konami? He's Kojima. Oh, Hideo Kojima? Oh, oh, that makes more sense. Yes. 
that he would be not Shinigami Tensei, but himself. <laughs> I mean, I at this point, I think it's pretty much... Isn't it in the bag? Didn't he make his own company? Well, that, that's the thing. Technically, Konami s- still owned the rights to Kojima Productions. Like, the name, at least. But that's why he renamed it Productions Kojima. Or Koji- Kojima's Productions. I, I don't think the name changed. No, he put whatever Jared came up with. Really? Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, now I got to do some Google fact checking. Yeah, so. Either way, it's a fun thought to entertain. Um, but that seems like a coordinated effort beyond something that just Kojima could pull. Are you sure? Have you seen anything that he's done? Yeah, I've, I, I've seen a lot of the stuff that he's done, but that's a. Uh, that seems like such a gargantuan effort to keep that hush hush and to make it work. But, you know, I, I won't be upset if I'm proven wrong. Along with that, what else do we have in that? That's it for uh, our email and comments. Uh, you wanted to roll into our uh, topics today, right? Yeah, because uh, in relation to EA, as we just brought up in the emails, I think it's very pertinent to bring up some news that just transpired this past week. Well, you mean that they got roasted? Well, they got roasted, but now they've committed yet another cardinal sin. Uh, and that involves acquiring developer Respawn Entertainment. They're the team behind Titanfall 1 and 2. Wait, shit, they got Respawn? Yeah, they bought Fuck Respawn. Us. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, especially considering their track record at this point. So this makes things very interesting when you inspect the timeline of what happened with Visceral. Because prior to Visceral's shutdown, Nexon, the Korean online and mobile game company they do like maple story and a bunch of like korean mmos maple story was hot shit dude i fucking love maple story back in those days yeah i still have my uh I, I haven't played it in a while but like i was a a, a magic knight or you know what fucking <laughs> off topic uh so prior to visceral shutdown nexon had made an offer to purchase respawn respawn's agreements with ea basically allowed ea to be able to match the bid or allow respawn to be acquired by nexon uh, Visceral gets canned shortly after, and EA, not long after, announces their acquisition of Respawn. So it's basically implied that EA more or less had to, ch- had to choose between continued support of Visceral or acquire Respawn, lest they would lose Respawn and likely the game that they were developing, uh, their, their Star Wars game. The most troubling thing about the situation, though, is that Respawn's present-day value has been hugely impacted by its sales and reception of Titanfall 2, and that was published by EA and also forced to be released alongside Call of Duty Infinite War, uh, Warfare, a game in the same genre, in the same sort of t- theme or timeline, and by EA. Like, it just screams out, not, not like necessarily intentionally nefarious, but sure as hell convenient for EA. Intentional kneecapping. Yeah, yeah, it, it's such a fucking bummer. I'm, and from what I know from a lot of people's thoughts about Titanfall Two, is it got a very positive critical reception for anybody who decided to go out and buy that over Infinite Warfare or other games that were releasing at the time. I bought it over Infinite Warfare. Good for you. Played it just as much as Infinite Warfare. <laughs> <laughs> you you should play the. Uh, wait, did we already? Did I already suggest you play the first single player campaign? I got halfway through when they were building the environment around me. Okay. And then I stopped because something else came out. It's like, ooh, shiny. It was a good campaign. Yeah, no. From what I played, I was like, yeah, this is cool. It's a good game. You know, first person shootery in the future. You've beaten the single player campaign in Destiny, though. Destiny 2 specifically, right? And one, yeah. I think that's what came out. I, I don't know what to say. Like, you got to keep my attention. You can't come out and then expect the new game to come out and me to keep playing the old game yeah i've got that that bug i mean and and that's maybe like that is titanfall's two's fault not yours you can't i can't control what video games come out when yeah and and you can't you can't control if a game loses your attention like if there's a lull in in the middle of it so that's like that's a fair criticism i met my waifu in persona 5 and called it a day after that I did the tomb, and that was it. And I was like, okay. Like, all right, you know, I'm a fucking phantom thief, and life is great. All right, perfect. Don't need to know what actually, how I got caught. 
perfect. We're done here. Next game. Okay. I still need to beat that game. Well, do you yeah, have you any do. thoughts on this, Scott? No. It it makes me sad. Um, but I also didn't support Titanfall 2 by purchasing a copy, so I I can't say much. I feel like it would be hypocritical for me to make too much of a uh, complaint or argument about it since really I didn't I didn't put money in on either direction. However, I I would say that if I had people who played Titanfall 2 with me, I probably would pick it up, if only because um, it's a good shooter all around. I played Titanfall 1 a little bit, and I just really, really loved their whole momentum system. I don't think I could ever get it down as well as some of the more skilled players can, but I always thought that was just a cool touch that really uh, made the game unique within that first-person shooter realm. Do you hear the Scots placing the blame on us for not inviting him along to play Titanfall 2? I didn't know you guys had it. I probably should have bought it and played it with you had I, I known. I don't have it, but I still find <laughs> it. <laughs> so I guess well, I'm the only right, one who okay. has it. Here's my, placed. Here's my thing. Just because I'm a vegetarian, or I'm actually not, but if I were, that does not mean I am not allowed to talk about the beef industry. So basically what he's saying, Scott, is it's 2017. Trump is president. Be as hypocritical as you want. That's that's the time. <laughs> no, no, We're it, not allowed to shoot Nazis anymore. It's not that so much. It, it's just that like EA is directly affecting the game industry in multiple ways. And I think just because you didn't buy a game from Respawn, a company that was just picked up by EA, doesn't mean you can't point out the shit like... You can't point out the obvious shit that EA has right now. Or maybe he just yeah, feels okay. bad. And in for... that vein, I mean, you were being a lot more cautious with your words than I perhaps would be because I think it absolutely is an intentional move by EA to try and siphon some of Titanfall 2's otherwise possible sales. And by doing so, that makes them much easier to acquire as well. So, yeah. so does that just mean you're mad, Scott, that you fell for EA's trap? by not buying Titanfall and thus making Respawn much cheaper to buy for EA. I couldn't remember the name of the company. <laughs> I'm always mad. Okay. Angry all the time. Okay, especially when it comes to EA and building their evil gaming empire. I could do yeah, it. Yeah, it's it sucks. Um and every time you see a studio uh gobbled up by the giant conglomerate that is EA I find that my interest in their like next game release or title is always diminished substantially. And it just makes me fear for all of my favorite developers that could be in EA's crosshairs. Like Shinigami Tensei. That'll never happen. <laughs> and I'm at least happy for that. The next topic we have here is the Game Awards 2017. Not so much going to discuss the results, although I would say I don't think anyone was surprised with uh, Breath of the Wild being essentially Game of the Year. Oh, was it? Yeah. I, I mean, just from its, its sales metrics, you could probably say it's Game of the Year regardless of the content. That thing sold, yeah. sold Switches and then sold more copies of itself on top of that. <laughs> it sold more copies of itself than it did sell the only console you could play it on. I know. Well, it's only mind blowing one of two consoles because yeah you could get it on the wii u um which you also played fine for i played it on both versions and the switch is definitely more satisfying but the wii u was totally fine it's got the faster load times preserve the experience seriously the wii u is faster yeah speedrunners played on the wii u rather than the switch wow yeah i believe that too who came in second there is no second place if you're not first you're last that's what ricky bobby says ricky bobby's dad too might have been drunk at the time but they announced a handful of new titles, or they, as in developers, did, publishers. Yeah. Um, Bayonetta 3 Switch exclusive. I'm excited for that. Another that great one. reason to own a Switch. Fade to Silence in the Valley of Gods. A new teaser from From Software. Bloodborne 2. Which we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, because I'm, I'm not so certain about that anymore. Uh, Soul Calibur 6. It's just which 10 fire. seconds of... What's up? Sorry. I'm sorry. I just wanted to jump right into this uh, from software <laughs> okay. announcement. La- last two it's titles: only- Witchfire, okay. World War Z. That's right, Wait. based off of the fucking movie. We don't, need and to talk which about. is based off of the book. <laughs> yeah, by Max Brooks. Um, okay, 
from software. I don't know how you can get much out of this from software. 10 seconds of bloody spring-loaded hype. Like, that's it. That's all there was in it. Okay, and so do, do you know what just happened with from software recently? I have no idea, no. Demon Souls uh, servers just shut down, or they just announced that they'd be shutting down. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I did know about that. Sorry. So wouldn't it be pertinent to say that maybe we're going to see a Demon Souls remake? Why will we see a Demon Souls remake when they've got Dark Souls, which was the original Demon Souls? No, Demon Souls was the original. Demon Dark Souls. Souls came yeah, before Dark Souls. That's what I meant. <laughs> you know what I meant. Demon, Dark Souls was the original Dark, Demon Souls. Dark Two, Dark uh, Bloodborne, Dark, Dark Three, Into Darkness, Darkness Arises, Star War, then, Star Trek, Into <laughs> the Darkness, <laughs> Star Wars, Into the Darkness, and then uh, the vampire anime. Blo- fighting game what i'm interested you know what i'm talking about remember yeah, it was yeah, I, uh i can't oh think my of god it. how how did we forget the title blood? of this already is it's it blood something isn't it bloodstained no bloodstained is the uh wait there's a the castlevania spiritual successor i'm interested in this what is this i don't know just look up anime dark soul or it's anime prepare, blood prepare to dine i'm trying to think it's code vein that's what code it is vein. It's code okay. vein I mean, I, I would love to see a Bloodborne too, especially when they just released like a Bloodborne comic recently. Uh, oh yeah, and that art is really neat. So I like I was really sure it was going to be Bloodborne too, but when the the word about the servers, uh, the Demon Soul servers shutting down, kind of raised up, I assumed that oh that would probably be something relatively easy to re-release on ps4 and make a quick buck and probably something that they would get like quite a bit of fanfare from oh we should also note that it does say shadows die twice and so i don't know what shadows are relevant to in the dark souls universe or i get not the dark souls universe but in just the available from software universes as well Wait, so is that not like a... Is that not what you are in Bloodborne? Phantoms and Shades in multiplayer, if I remember correctly, but I don't remember if Shadows is relevant to anything. So what are you in Bloodborne, then? You're, you're within a dream. Kind of. <laughs> are you in a dream? I, I don't even fucking know that principal thing in Bloodborne now. Like, does Bloodborne take place in a dream world? <laughs> or are you just awake during the hunt like the night of the hunt like oh my god i need to play that game again and brush up on that but i don't think it's ever like empirically proven or stated what exactly is happening in bloodborne you still with us scott i am i'm just like my mind's going crazy of the possible things that shadows die twice could be referencing so cookie brought up is showing me a wikia article or a page on the shadow of yarnum boss in Bloodborne. So maybe? Which that's the three shade figures that you have to fight uh in old Yarnum? Yeah, they're really they're really uh, hard. Scrub. I always had a really bad time with Shadow of Yarnum. One of the most difficult bosses for me. Really? Did you only have to be I know once? they're not supposed to be that hard, but I just had really bad luck every time I'd fight him. It's all about the columns, man. The, the hardest, I know it is. The hardest boss in that fucking game for me was uh the last two bosses. I haven't made it that far still. What? So. God, Scott, what are you, me? <laughs> what the fuck, man? How Don't have you not finished Bloodborne yet? <laughs> Didn't Cookie tell you something shiny comes along and you have something else to do? Plus, oh, my God. If I, I can't remember what build I had either because I had two builds going and one of them was very effective at what it was doing, but I think it was further back in the story than the other build I had, which was like a very glass cannon dex build. And so as I hit some harder difficulties in the game... Oh, yeah, and I don't have online, so my insight is outrageous. And whenever I see anything that causes frenzy, my health bar just explodes. So I have some difficulties I need to work through before I finish it. You have to purposely uh, buy things in the insight shop to keep it down to like a manageable level. God, Bloodborne but I want to see all the far, cool spooky stuff that you need insight to see. There, there's a metric or the, there's a number that gives you the right amount to see most cool things, but uh, like <laughs> not, not so many that enemies are going to instant kill you. Yeah, 
Because I'm playing in the insta-kill realm right now, which is very difficult. I Oh, man. Bloodborne's so fucking good. Like, I... I, I like Dark Souls. I really like Dark Souls, but Bloodborne just had so many new interesting things that made me appreciate it on like a much greater level. Bloodborne's wonderful, but I just think it's harder in general than uh, Dark Souls. How it has the mechanic that if you don't if you don't stop fighting, you just keep healing up. Like you got to drain that blood, you know, get their blood into your wounds because that's the healthiest thing you can do. In the Bloodborne <laughs> universe, like blood transmitted diseases do not exist. I got nothing for this conversation, guys. <laughs> Cookie's still creeped out after that Yuri incident last time we played Doki Doki Literature Club. Oh, the, the stabbing one. Stabbing her, her stab, blood stab. transfusion as well. Man, I, I had to sit there and look at her dead body for so long. <laughs> well, you hit the skip button at least, right? I don't want to go too far off topic, but you hit the skip button to skip through it. And it just I did. skips days. Sierra was just mashing spacebar, and if you remember, we had our uh, tech speed at the slowest possible. So we're just sitting there and sitting there. Wait, and really? Finally, and finally, we realized there's a skip button, but it was much too late. And also, the skip button I is like note, lit up at that point. It is. Whatever. Whatever. Seldom do you actually get to use the skip button. So it's bold, and it's like, oh, why is this here now? Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, that's just not how it played out for us yeah okay uh you can at least see like the life slowly drained from her eyes as they lose color (laughs) so that was interesting so we we also got uh we also got some updates on some games that have already been announced um of of any of these i think the most important one's probably going to be death stranding so the Sea of Thieves thumbnail that you can find on their video is horrible because the woman looks like she has a caved-in head or like her head just does not look shaped properly. Like her face is almost 80% of the head shape. Where the hell is the forehead? Where is the cranium? Apparently you don't need one to be a pirate. Probably. Why would you need a forehead to be a pirate? That's just less thing for someone to shoot at. True. Death Stranding. What about it? That trailer. Uh, Still confused. Wait, there was a trailer for Death Stranding and not just that or teaser or whatever. The, the like seven a, minute thing yeah, that, that they did at PSX as well? Yeah, exactly. Okay. That, uh, we, we joke about like not knowing anything about that game, but that trailer at least gives me some hope that there's some sort of semblance of a narrative going on. Like, what are you I was, talking about? First, it was the fat guy holding the baby. <laughs> no, first there was naked, what's his face holding baby. Then there was the fat guy holding the baby. And now what's his name is holding the baby, but he wasn't, wasn't naked this time. And monsters. He's got time to take off and his clothes. Old buddy tried to. Old buddy went Doki Doki Literature Club on himself. <laughs> oh yeah, that's Christ. right. Man, well, so I'm just surprised that Death Stranding is not re like Death Stranding colon Baby's Journey <laughs> or 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 Baby's <laughs> Grand Adventure. That's the I, only like unifying thing I've seen to this narrative so far. I'll actually play it if it's called that. If you can get that colon added, baby's grand adventure. Yeah. But like, we, we see a lot of things that give us an idea of what this game could be. Like, we see guns, we see knives, we see an enemy type, and potentially Mads Mikkelsen, that, uh, that's the figure on top of the van, I'm assuming, because he does the same point that he did in the second trailer or teaser. Gotcha. Uh, we also see um, fake cool flashlight like ghost. Uh, yeah, bootleg ghost. Yeah, so ghost from De- from Destiny. Really? Yeah, mm. the thing that's oh right, 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 over the people's shoulders, which only blinks when they hold the baby. So the baby seems to be like the power battery. beacon or something. Yeah, the battery, the battery for the cool flashlight, as Scott eloquently put it. That was what you were talking about, right, Scott? That's exactly what I was talking about. But so we we were introduced to essentially the mechanic that's going to tell us how close enemies are, and by the that mechanic. That mechanic seemed very useless because it started blinking and then flipped the fuck out, and then the paw was the handprint was like seriously an inch away from the dude. Yeah, and I'm just like it's kind of too late. I I would that assume make- that if this is going to be like a Metal Gear Solid style, like you run around with gun type game 
you may or may not have to hold a button to hold your breath, kind of like deadly premonition, or not to hold it, but to like, you know, cover your cover mouth. Cover your mouth. Yeah. Don't even breathe. That obviously does it. <laughs> and then the trailer goes on for another two minutes. I'm like, well, I'd be unconscious. <laughs> uh, but I got to say this, I mean, it could have really high potential for being a scary game. That whole like looming, but un like invisible Seeable. or unseeable, undetectable presence is such a great like mechanic for creating this foreboding sense of like fear and panic and anxiety. Um, if they if it's pretty much a horror game in the same realm as like uh, Alien Isolation, where your enemy is ultimately just much stronger than you at pretty much all points in the game, I could see that actually being very entertaining. Yeah. So what you're saying is this is on a cookie snow fly list. <laughs> you, you know, I, I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit. When you played uh, Resident Evil 7, you did perfectly fine. I know. It just seems like a waste of time. But may, maybe it's because there were three other people in the room with you to give you like added courage persona four like where we're giving you the courage. I just have to not, ex I just have to accept my real self, which is not in the video game. So you're perfectly safe. Yeah. It makes sense. <laughs> that was persona four's message, right? Accept yourself. Yeah. Or was yeah, that persona five's message? Was persona? No, persona four is totally about like, you know, accept every side of who you are, the good and bad. So Persona 5 is Persona much 5? more rebel against and like oh, yeah. Persona 5 is world. about Trump. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on, Fortnite got an update of some sort. Uh, it, same it's with 50v50 50 50 for their uh whatever they're calling their normal battle royale. Yeah. Wait, their normal mode? No, no, no. It, oh, their it, battle royale. Yeah, it's now a 50v50 50 50 battle royale. I mean, which, that's pretty cool news. It brings me back to the days of playing Battlefield 2, 32 versus 32 servers. So, so 50v50 is pretty impressive for, for a number's sake on a console or, on, I mean, on PC, it's a little less uh, Right, that's much but. more feasible than So wait, like, is it just console. a big team deathmatch? I, I imagine there are certain elements of the Battle Royale mode in with it, but just that 50v50 seems to be the bigger scope or the bigger concentration. Focus. There we go. That's the better word. So, it, are they basically just going to do every first-person shooter, first-person slash third-person shooter type Concept. thing that people aren't doing as well as they could? Yeah, it sounds sounds sure. Legit. Why not? Like, add the add the, like their unique mechanic to it, and you got a you got a game. Yeah, uh, like, Halo just dropped. I, I don't know if they implemented it in halo 5 but i thought they got rid of rid of like the big team battles maybe i don't play halo so i don't um, remember how big the big team battles were though in halo 5 oh th that's the thing I, I don't think it was as big as halo 3 or 4 i don't play halo so just this is kind of going off of an old conversation i had with matt get the fuck out <laughs> i mean <The> gtfo <laughs> which looks interesting it's it looks like a more serious Left 4 Dead. I was watching something and they compared it to it's going to end up being pwned when that game came out. You mean non-existent in a couple of years? Irrelevant? And by non-existent in a couple of years, I think pwned came out last year. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I kind of forgot that game existed before you said anything. Yep. Uh, you can ride motorcycles in, in Cookie's Breath of the Wild now. Yeah, I saw that. They they finally took heed of people making their own vehicles and were like, oh, we should probably do Just something like this. throw a vehicle in there. <laughs> <laughs> it also looks like those tires have some mad traction because they're riding that up a pretty steep slope at one point in time. So I really wish they actually just took the bike from Mario Kart. Why is that? Do you mean in terms of control or no, appearance? No, so appearance. So like they literally imported the bike that you can ride in Mario Kart that came with the Zelda, the Link expansion in Mario Kart. So it's an oh. Epona motorcycle. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm not as familiar with Mario Kart 8. Ah, yeah, whatever. no. So yeah, you can, um, you can ride Epona in Mario Kart 8. 
but it's a blue motorcycle, and it looks really awesome. But I guess this one yeah, also it's looks called awesome. called the Master Cycle. Yeah, really? that one. <laughs> yeah, it's got the Master Sword color scheme. It's what happens when you impale Epona with the Master Sword. And then take Oof. it to that fairy to bring it back to life. Yeah, you throw you throw Epona with the sword like lunged into it into the fountain. She's like, "Did you drop this motorcycle?" <laughs> oh, oh man, it's actually got some really great names in uh, foreign languages. In the German, it's uh, the Eponator. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Epona Terminator. <laughs> Uh, PUBG is getting a new desert map. As our sole PUBG player, Cookie, does that make you excited at all? As your sole Fortnite Battle Royale player, no. <laughs> you, you own PUBG though, right? I do own PUBG. Okay. But I've been playing more Fortnite Battle Royale. It actually, that building mechanic really makes things super interesting. Like, me and Lizzie were playing it together the other day, and like, we got really far into it because we were using teamwork. And being douches like that, and it's all good. Isn't there a team-based it battle was a, royale too? It was a team-based battle royale, so it was fine. Okay. Um, and like this guy, we like notice the structure in the sky. This dude built a fucking fortress in the middle of the fucking map, like two hundred feet up in the air. And I was like, he's always got the high ground. That totally makes sense. So he like waited for the circle to get like small enough to where you know where the middle of the map's gonna be. Mm-hmm. And that's where his fucking fortress was. And no one could get to him. <laughs> You're just like, fuck me. So the circle in Fortnite always shrinks in a No. Oh, oh, okay, so it so. does the same exact thing PUBG does. It gives you random big circle final point. Then a smaller circle, circle within it, but it's not centered in that big circle. It yeah. could be any place. So it's like by the fourth circle that gets placed, you know where the middle's more than likely going to be. Okay. So it's a gamble because it could have been slightly off. Correct. And he would have been like, oh shit, I guess now my... I've gotta, now I've got to figure out how to build a staircase down from this. Because <laughs> <laughs> by the time we got to... By the time like I noticed his fortress in the sky, the beginning of his staircase was way outside the circle. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> that's the best part. And like he could and, just work his staircase into the next uh like that's kind of what he was that's kind of what he was doing cuz with the draw distance you could see like the weird angles that his staircase was taking. <gasps> oh, so, so he started going in one direction and then quickly shifted direction and so kept that's building. brilliant. You you don't like you don't need floor to build up. Okay, so it, it's basically like Minecraft with the physics, except no mm-hmm. sand yeah. or gravel. Correct. So you just literally build a ramp that is a staircase that just connects to nothing, and you right. just keep going up. I Yeah, that sounds pretty fantastic. So that's why I was like, you know, Fortnite can just take whatever they want from other games, and as long as they got that building mechanic... It kind of makes it unique enough that yeah. you're going to be doing real weird shit with it. There's like a level of zaniness to it that you're not going to get from a more serious quote-unquote simulation game. Not saying PUBG is meant to be like a serious simulation game. But it's I serious mean, it's enough no that Arma I don't 3, know. But... <laughs> Speaking of Arma 3, Metro Exodus got an update of some sort. And Are you looking forward to it? No. Okay, yeah. I've, the, I've skipped all the Metro games. The, the second Metro games storyline kind of annoyed me in a way that I just immediately stopped caring about Metro. They asked me to buy two video games at full price. Good. Wait, what do you mean? Metro whatever and Metro whatever. in Last Light? Yeah. Well, they released at different times. Did it's they? Just, yeah. Like, that they both came out on the PlayStation at the same time. If they, if they might have come out as remastered versions or something. Mm, ports. That could be it. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm wrong. It, they weren't both at full price. They were both at partial price. But I was like, which one do I get? Neither. Okay. Yeah, neither. <laughs> 2033 like, has some game design issues. And like the concept behind both games, or Metro in general, is cool. It's like, what would you have... like? The idea is a more story-focused Fallout, less open world, and then focusing more on some of the 
like post-apocalyptic fallout type of lifestyle changes you would need like and nobody decided on an mask. arbitrary currency like caps either right yeah you use bullets i think to uh do most of your bartering something that makes a lot more sense <laughs> yeah yeah i'm sorry i just imagine you use bullets to do a lot more of your <laughs> give <laughs> me your food <laughs> <laughs> or i will give you a bullet <laughs> hey it sounds like sierra's kind of a uh, puzzle shooter <laughs> uh, uh sea of thieves that'll be out spring of 2018 i'm still excited for this game are you really mm-hmm. you're gonna have to play it on pc that's fine I built two of them. But Windows, Xbox, oh, Windows Store, fuck. It, it's not that big of a deal, Neil. Yeah. You, you click on it like twice. There's a search. You click on it to open it. You type in the game you're looking for in the search thing, and that's the last time you have to open it. I just fucking hate the Windows Storefront. Like, for something he never uses, he just hates it. It's okay. I forgive you. I, I had to use it to get Halo. And at that point, I, I don't know. I. Just I just wish of... they would put it and hopefully they put it on Steam like they did Cuphead. Or it's not like Microsoft did that. It was their developers uh, yeah, MDG or whoever. Doesn't matter. Um, any other games uh, that we want to talk about from the Game Awards 2017? Did they talk about that one other game that I wanted to think about that I can't really think of but that was talked about at PSX? I didn't actually watch the Game Awards. Full disclosure, guys. Well, so maybe this is a good time to talk about PSX uh, and what we've seen so far because as of this recording psx is still going on so we might not have all the news and maybe we'll have to do a small little mini update later or just next week i could dig it oh actually i do have a question i'm hearing like there wasn't a lot of things from xbox at the game show awards surprise surprise not really, I guess. <laughs> no. <laughs> what are your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, it, it's the same problem they've had with Xbox One at this point, which is they don't have a whole lot of Things exclusives. And some of their exclusives turn out to kind of be dumpster fires. Like, when Cuphead is the one thing, aside from Halo 5 as well, let's not discredit that. But when, and, I, and, thought, I thought people didn't like Halo 5. I guess not. I guess... They wanted less lock and more Master Chief, but it still seems to be a decent game. Okay. I'll just keep watching Red vs. Blue. But uh, com- compared to like Sony's output of exclusives at this point, um, it, you know, just 2017 and 16 in general doesn't seem like Xbox has done a great job with their, with their console exclusives. And the games that they do have at this point that are exclusive to Xbox and the console are now available on PC, which kind of moves it out defeats that the purpose point. of that exclusivity. Yeah. But it's amazing for PC gamers, so I'm not complaining. I am also not complaining, for I get to play my Forza Horizon and my Mortal Kombat. Nope. Yep. Nope, not Mortal Kombat. Killer Instinct. Killer Instinct. <laughs> but I would like to say, a lot of this stuff that happened at the Tokyo Game Show was Sony things. You mean uh, the Game Awards? Yeah, what did I say? Tokyo Game Show. <laughs> yeah, the your Game con- Awards. Your consistency in like misnaming things <laughs> kind of works, I guess. Well, in my defense, this is how I am in real life anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so, yeah, with Sony being at the Game Awards and then also having their own huge weekends of PlayStation their, Yeah, their own exclusive expo and still having things to talk about kind of flabbergasted me. So, like, I was super excited that I got to watch some gameplay of footage of Dream. And... Or Dreams, right? Dreams, excuse me, yeah. Which, that was, like, a surprising uh, trailer, because I... Like, I just watched the trailer. I didn't watch any of the talk or expose before and after. But it felt like when I watched that game that it's like, oh, this is a narrative-driven game. And then you told me after we talked about it a bit that, no, this is not a narrative game. This is just something you could make within Dreams. Correct. This is something the developers are like, oh, yeah, I guess we should probably show people what the what you can do in Dreams yeah, and it, then let them go. So they made a narrative story using the engine that is Dreams, which is, as you put it, what you thought was just going to be like painting. Yeah, like paint 3D, VR with, paint. 
with a graphics engine. So this makes me excited. And apparently a physics engine if you're going to be able to make a platformer. Oh yeah, so they're like platformers are doable, racing games are doable. It's pretty much turning into um RPG maker except not half-assed. Pretty much. I mean it, I was it gonna could say, still be half-assed. In I was going to say it's turning into um Oh god, what's the name of that game that came out where you're on the motorcycle and you're doing stunts and tricks but it's asymmetrical and it's hard and it's all physics-based engine and they let you create whatever you want to create. Came out oh, on yeah, Xbox 360 for the NES. No. <laughs> oh god what was that game called uh god damn it um i'm really damn it i was thinking excite bite too but i'm like it's not excite bite trials i never never played it you never played trials uh-uh. i've I, never heard of it yeah oh man trials is um the best xbox game you can get on the market i don't know where i'm going with that maybe um so trials and trials hd they're basically a so it's a twin stick motorcycle game where you're just literally going through short levels of increasing difficulty on this like random ass physics engine how is it twin stick you have one stick that assumedly controls your direction oh wait maybe not twin stick so gas are you also shooting people (laughs) So that's why I actually say it. So they gave they give you a level editor that was so in depth. People were making first person shooters. Hmm. So yeah, just like Google Trials Fusion and look at the gameplay of that, and just imagine that people took the level editor and can make whatever genre of video game they want. So that's what Dreams kind of is without. Being a motorcycle game, I guess. I get you. And that's, that's interesting. And that actually kind of makes me super excited. I hope Dreams comes out on um, Vive because I'll enjoy it a lot more on the Vive whenever I get my PSVR back. It's in Iowa right now. Wait, yeah, I didn't. Back. I thought I didn't you sold know it. about this. No, I didn't oh. sell it. Oh, what'd you say, Scott? Oh, I was gonna say I didn't. I didn't know about Dreams, and this is like really cool to mm-hmm. conceptualize not only the capability that you might be able to have as a user in building something but in the same sense that one of the most fun things about Mario Maker is also experiencing other people's creations i'm just like absolutely floored at the idea of thinking all the cool things that other more creative or um, more invested people will be able to make with this and if there will be an ability to kind of share and interact with other people's dreams dreams that they've made yeah dreams that they've dreamt it's so cool this is this has got to be one of the most hyped things i think i've seen for this year so yeah so i'm i'm super stoked about it because like when they first announced the playstation vr this was like their tech demo of like hey, oh yeah, and this is this paint thing that you can do in VR, and then they like animated little puppets and made them dance. And then we never saw it again for the next two years. And basically. I was like super pissed, because that's the reason I was like, I want a PlayStation VR, because of this. And then Tilt Brush came out on everything besides the PlayStation VR, and I'm like, what the fuck, Google? <laughs> Sony promised me one thing, and I want it, goddammit, and now it's finally coming. And hopefully Sony puts it on the HTC Vive, because it's going to be much better on that. But, you know, it's what else. I I don't think they can. I mean, I, they Wait, can. I was about to say, why couldn't they? <laughs> able to, but I assume they probably, if this turns out to be as cool as you, you would expect it to be or you're hoping for, why give up another console or uh, a VR exclusive? Touche. Because Resident Evil 7, as far as I remember, has not been ported over to Vive or anything. I think there have been some ha- like ass-backwards ways to do it. I don't think it has either, actually. What else? Um, was worth talking they, about with PSX. They tried showing me more of Detroit Become Human, and they actually did a playthrough of the um, scene where you're the robot talking. The negotiator? The negotiator. So they actually did a live playthrough of that. Apparently I skipped it because I didn't want to see. Yeah, I, I purposely did not watch it either since I already know I'm going to buy that dumpster fire. Yeah, so... I'm assuming it's going to be bad. <laughs> But I just, I want to play it still, right? It looks so good. Um, but yeah, yeah so it they, looks good, <laughs> but it's gonna be bad. Like Heavy Rain looked great. Guess what? Heavy Rain was okay. 
<laughs> Beyond Two Souls looked really good. Guess what? It was not good. So I think there's like an expectation for David Cage games at this point where a, a relationship, a direct correlation where your expectation for the game means how bad it's going to be. I could see that. So you, you go into playing Omicron, which depending on what period of time we're talking, like when Omicron came out and it's promised to be like Tomb Raider plus Tekken plus GTA or GTA 3, like the hype is unreal. And then it turns out to be the worst fucking game ever. But now when you look at Omicron and you know, oh, it's got David Bowie, that's kind of cool, but this game is horrible, you play it and you're like, wow, this is actually kind of hilariously good. Oh, Soul Calibur. Oh, Soul Calibur 6, that's right. They yeah. announced that um, Mega Man's going to be in Monster Hunter Worlds. What? <laughs> yeah. Is he go- going to be a monster you have to hunt? No, you can- so you're going to be hunting his um, foes. And like, so in Monster Hunter World, I'll have to talk about that during this podcast at some point today. You get a little cat companion, and you can actually dress him in a like eight bit Mega Man outfit. So he literally becomes Mega Man, and he's shooting like little cannons. And you got to fight like Scissor Man and Rock Man, but they're monsters in the game. It's adorable. Um, a new fighting game was announced. I forget what it was called. You're not talking about the Blaze Blue, are you? I am talking about the Blaze Blue. Blaz Blue Cross something or other that has Persona characters as well as some others. Yeah, that's as well as Ruby characters. That's right, Ruby. Ruby's in it. I was excited about that. So yeah, so it's um Persona for Arena, mm-hmm. Blaze Blue and Ruby are getting a fighting game, and I'm kind of excited about that. That excites me. Kind of. I like Blaze Blue. It's a fun game. Were, uh, were, were they all made by the same company? Like, I, I don't know about Ruby. Considering Ruby was uh, Rooster Teeth and... Um, yeah, but it doesn't mean they couldn't just hire out the developer. And what's his name? Monty Ohm. Uh, apparently Absolver got something new that was announced. A 3v3 update? Are either of you guys playing Absolver? Still? I want to get back into it, but I haven't played in a while. Uh, the Rick and Morty game is coming to VR, virtual reality. And, um, excuse me, and PSVR. And I think that's all I really cared about that I noticed about um, the PSX that I skimmed through. We also had an update. Oh, so Last Guardian's coming to VR, and uh, we got some more footage of uh, Shadow of the Colossus, the, re- the remake. Which looks gorgeous in comparison to the uh, previous PlayStation 3 um, remaster, I believe. Yeah. There's, we, a, there's a huge uh, improvement to the graphics. We also got uh, a hint or three, a mention that uh, we might be able to change our PSN names. Oh, yeah. That was also kind of important. Yeah, that's very important. I finally want to drop the two O's and put the U in. Is it currently cookies, cookies and milk? Cookies and milk? Or? Cookie underscore skamilk, but cookie spelled normally. Oh, yeah, I guess if anyone wants to add me. Just say who you are and how you know me. So if you just say you're a fancy ramen listener, then I'll accept you. Otherwise, I don't accept just random well, ads. likely you won't even have that username later <laughs> this year. Who knows? Who I'd knows? like to get rid of mine, which seems kind of inappropriate if uh, you have the Yan Yan Cutie 29? Yes. You're going to exactly. toss that, Neil? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that just about does it for PSX, unless anyone has some final words on it. Nah, sounds good to me. I'm glad they drew me to the dark side when they did. You know, I I will say that this is also the reason why we didn't see as much from them over the last year. Like, there were some executives saying basically that, basically said that they had made a bad habit of showing games off too early, and so they were not showing their cards off as quickly. Because we didn't necessarily see a whole lot of new games from Sony at the PSX Should we get anything for... Kingdom Hearts, actually? No, because that shit's never going to be done. <laughs> exactly. So I'm uh, glad they've learned their lesson and they're going to stop showing me. <laughs> I, I did want to bring up one last bit of news, uh, and that is Romancing Saga will be released on December 15th, which is only a few days away, worldwide on Switch, Vita, Xbox One, PS4, and PC. Oh, shit, son. That's uh, actually kind of exciting. Yeah, so un- unlike many of its other sequels or games within the Saga franchise... Uh, this has never actually had like even a fan translated version uh, that was actually comprehensive. 
And this game is considered by some to be like the best in the saga series. Uh, it it's pretty unique in that like you play different generations of this royal family, and in each generation, at the end of it, like your protagonist basically passes along their magical knowledge and abilities to their successor, uh, and also gives you like benefits or like you're able to see the results of your conquests or actions in that past generation so like if you save a city from like a monster you may come back to it and see the cities thriving and it may give you bonuses for what whatever those may be uh and we also receive confirmation apparently uh just just since we're bring, since we're bringing it up that romancing saga 3 will have a official local uh, localization for the west as well uh and that's being re-released on vita so that's Exciting if you want to dumb yourself down with some JRPGs in the upcoming months. Less exciting that they're actually doing things with the Vita. They should just kill it. <laughs> Please and thank you. There, yeah, there's like a lot of uh, small little titles coming out on the Vita still. Uh, fuck, fucking A. Yeah, Vita. It would be great if they just put all of that into the Switch, but at the same time, I'm happy that the Vita is still being used in some way. So, I do have a question. You didn't start this podcast off with what we do this week. Well, that's because we're going to do that next episode. If you have comments, questions, or corrections, you can write into podcast at fancyramen.com. And if you've been enjoying the show, leave a review with us on Apple Podcasts. But most importantly, please tell a friend and help us grow our audience. Until next time, guys. Until next time, which may just be a couple days instead of a week. Yeah. Yep. Bye. Peace. Bye.